You're winning the hearts of the program director, the assistant program director, all the mix show people, all the radio personalities. That takes time, effort, and it requires a budget. You have to buy alcohol, food. You may have to rent out the venue. You, you're going to do multiple things. How are they going to get there? Uber, car service. What are we going to do? Who are we going to talk to? And that's just one thing. We need to do that in another market. So this is all deducted in the budget, If we even if we have it at the studio. What's up, what's up, what's up? I'm Brand Man Sean. And I'm Corey. And we are back with another episode of No Labels Necessary Podcast. You can catch us every Tuesday, every Thursday on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you stream your podcast here at the intersection of creativity and currency. And as you know, here on No Labels Necessary, we like to bring people who have forged their own path, doing things a little different. Today, we have yet another special guest for y'all, none other than Ferrari Simmons, he's a local legend, I would like to call it, in the Atlanta streets, for sure. For sure, if y'all don't know the name. But he's also director of Lifestyle and Mix Show at Warner Records. Now, I ain't gonna lie, I don't know what that means. So I'm so <laughs> excited to hear you uh, first break that down. What does that mean? But he's done a lot of things, y'all. But like, let's yeah. start by understanding what that means. Uh, so uh, the li- I'll do the Mix Show part. So uh, we all know that DJs um, mix on air. Yeah. So um, you have your uh, morning mix on the morning show. You have your uh, afternoon mix. Uh, that's like the 5 o'clock. Oh, you know when you're stuck in traffic. 5 o'clock mix by such and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got the nighttime mix. And then I believe it's the midday mix, which is like a lunchtime mix. So those are DJs who work at radio stations who provide those mixes. So when we have priorities at the label, my job is to communicate with them our priorities, make sure they have them. Um, clean versions, extended versions, all those type of versions. And, of course, nighttime is the lifestyle s- segment. So I do clubs and I curate events. So I do that for the label, for the artist that's on the label. Mm-hmm. And myself, too, to um, build with relationships with DJs and the markets that I'm in charge with, which is national, so it's all markets. Got you. Gotcha. So it's like an extension of the the marketing department. It sounds yeah. Like. So think of a car salesman a little bit yeah. selling, you know, different versions of Mercedes. When you come to the lot, oh man, I have this, this, and this for your needs. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. I'm that of I'm that person at the label with the priorities at the label. So if you two guys are signed to one of records, you're gonna have a single. You're gonna have a single. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure I communicate with the DJs at each radio station, which there are a lot of radio stations mm-hmm. um, that they have your record. So this way, when you go into the market, nine times out of ten, you're going to hear your song on the radio. Got you. I'm the Got first you. line of defense to go out. And after that, if it starts getting better and growing, now my boss speaks to the radio station boss, the PD, the APD, music directors, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Dope. I'm excited to really get more information on this, especially, you know, you've been in the radio space. We literally just had a conversation because we saw a clip from Ryan Tedder. You know Ryan Tedder? Um, and I believe educated. he's one half of the of the chain smokers. This is a pretty. Big oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys. I hope I said his group right. Um, but <laughs> no, it's a chain smokers. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but um, he was talking about why artists focus on the radio, even still to this day. Many artists in his particular position, he said, because the radio pays way more money. Yeah. So outside of the discovery of what we look at the internet, he was just like, well, those performance royalties that come from your your uh, record going off on radio pay so much more. He didn't really get into the details, but one, do you have any insight on how much more it might pay versus streaming? 
I'm I don't have the exact numbers on that part. Um, you would have to get more like a a lawyer okay. to kind of break that down. People who focus on the law and the breakdown. But I will say, radio gives you a good gauge on if a song is really a hit record or not. Um, so artists tend to the ones who shy away from radio may not understand it enough to know that radio might be still, in my personal opinion, one of the most important important platforms for artists to be discovered. Why? Number one, it's free. So let's put that out there. Mm. Apple Music, Spotify, <laughs> you're paying for that. Okay, yeah. okay. And, um, of course, we have playlists. But in the beginning when that was a thing, but now I'm pretty sure you have a playlist. You have a playlist. Yeah. My guy right here doing the sound has a playlist. I have a playlist. It's so many different playlists now. But guess what? It's not too many radio stations popping up. They're, they're still there. And the yeah. big ones in the big markets are still the big ones in the big markets. Right. You need those to get a good gauge on, oh, this record is good. That's why you'll go to Cincinnati, New York, Miami, Chicago, L.A., and hear kind of the same song if it's truly a hit record. It's going to play on all those songs. But my, my playlist, your playlist, your playlist, his playlist is all going to be different. Mm. So, just an example. So it's not just a buyout of all these stations that's happening, and now we push the button, and now this song is blasted out to all these different uh, places? There's so many different things to put into it. So you don't want to say, I, I wouldn't say buyout. I would say uh, what the trend is, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's so many different ways now. So you have TikTok. Yeah, so you got your social media aspect, right? Um, you have the playlisting. Yeah. You have your streaming. Um, then you have radio. Then you have the lifestyle part. You have the clubs. You have people outside. And um, you got DJs that are live DJing at night. If the song passes all five of those, nine times out of ten, that's a real hit record. But if we're all wondering why songs don't last long, it's because it's probably popping in one particular thing and not in all. Mm. So if we see some shit that's... My bad. If we see something <laughs> popping on TikTok... Um, and it maybe goes to radio. It may not last long only because it's just a TikTok song. Mm. And if we see that TikToker perform, it may not translate all the way. But if we see someone who has it everywhere, like a, a Coco Jones, um, her song is really, really popping for real. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Once it's everywhere, that's a good gauge to let you know, okay, this is a real hit record. Yes. So so how long does it usually take to gauge that? And like, like what makes me ask is we had a client maybe like last year who had a song go really viral on TikTok and he got a chance to take it to radio. Yep. And I think he maybe let us down radio for like three, four months or so. And then yeah. he kind of fell back and was like, it didn't really feel worth it to me. But, you know, even without us being super ready, it felt like. It depends. Everything is a song by song scenario. What works for one song will not or maybe work for another song. So we I hate to say I hate to compare songs. um, But when the one thing I can say, for example, look at that dirt record. That was fast. Yeah. He just dropped that. But everything checked out. Right. It was uh, a good feature. J. Cole. Mm -hmm. Um, He had the kids on the hook. Got the kids. Um, You know what I'm saying? There's so many (laughs) things that it passed the test. That's what I'm trying to say. It passed all the checks and balances. If it just goes one way, that's a good gauge of saying, okay, this may not sustain as long as you want to. So to answer your question, it depends on how good the song is. I'd say a healthy song stay goes everywhere for about five to six months. For real, for real. Mm. You should hear that song. And if it's a real true hit song, it never goes off the radio. It just goes from power to, you know, sub power. 
and then recurrent. You'll always hear it. You know what I'm saying? Depending on the uh, the region you're in too. So like for example, we'll hear in Atlanta, "Little Baby Freestyle." That song's like five years old. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Four or five years old. Um, you may not hear that in other markets, but that song is so was so good. It was playing everywhere for a long time, right? Yeah. But then as the he started dropping new newer records, it's still on a, a recurrent song in Atlanta, meaning it really does what it's supposed to do. So, you know, it just depends. It's a song-by-song song basis, man. It's very hard to gauge now. It's so many different platforms to blow on. Now, just to get a little bit more specific in that category, too. So, a Dirk, he's already a certain size artist. Yeah. And that probably helps to speed at times. Of course. Right, for records. He has fans. So, Real fans. you doing what you do. Do you ever, do you guys ever use radio to test for fairly newer artists? And if so... What does that typical path look like in terms of is it being tested in one market, then two, and then, or is it like five markets at first? What's the path right. you take uh, something well, through? Well, I, I wouldn't say test. I would say, I would say, I would, okay, I would say test, but that would be more so clubs, nightclubs. Okay. Um, with real DJs that give you real feedback. And we have this thing called a feedback form um, for people who really are into this um, providing feedback for a record. Because if we're testing it, I need as much information on all right, if this works and we're going to put invest money into it, the label's going to invest money into it, or if it's an indie label, we're going to invest money into it. We want as much feedback as possible. So if we put it to 20 DJs and, tw- and, and 19 DJs say this is not the song, if 13 DJs say this is not, they don't like the song, but if 13 DJs say, yes, I like the song, I love this song, it's a good gauge of saying, okay, let's put more, let's invest more into the record. Mm. So that's what I would do. I would do, um, nightclubs, DJs, and then I would give, I would provide feedback forms for them to, you know what I'm saying, do a gauge. I will also do a, a playback, which is a DJ listening session, and I would invite the most important people in there, and then I would get feedback. Because you want that real live feedback, but you want experts in the building. You just don't want your regular Joe Blows. You want experts to give you an expert professional opinion. Which is why Future will call me and Flag Guy DC. Two Chains will call me and Flag Guy DC. Jeezy will have me come to his crib, and I will listen to the whole project months before it comes out because he's getting a professional. They they are getting a professional opinion on something before they say, "Okay, here, everybody, this is what I this is what I've been doing. This is what I've been working on." So, so I want to do as much research as possible, man. Before, because radio is such a big. Yeah, radio is not the first stop that you should make. It's to me, I think it's like it's almost almost last. Okay, so you said radio is one amazing because it's free, right? But then we always hear online, especially people. Let's say Coach K, I believe he said like cost at least two hundred fifty k to be on radio. What yeah. do people mean when they say something like that? You have to market your your record. So marketing your record could be promotions around the area um, and paying uh, PRs. And keep in mind, PR and the marketing department is not the same. You have a marketing department, <laughs> you got a PR department, yeah. um, you have appearances. You need to make sure um, we have a DJ playback. So, for example, if I was smart, let's just say uh, Coach K, for example, he has a record with the artists in said Atlanta. Um, I would want to make sure I put together a dope playback where it's very uh, intimate with the who's who's of Atlanta in that building so they can all hear the record. That's not free. 
Okay. okay. So describe it, a playback sure. again, then real quick. Huh? Like what exactly is a playback? A playback is a DJ listening session. Okay. But if you make it more intimate, it's called a playback. So I'm playing all the records. So okay. if it's a single, uh, EP. You usually want to usually want to promote one single and then have an EP, right? EP is like any anything less than ten songs. Okay. Anything ten or over is an album. Got it. So that's why you see anything less than ten, they'll be like, oh, it's my new EP. It's out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just a sample of something that's going to be bigger, which is an album or a mixtape, right? Um, these All these things require a budget. Mm. You have to buy alcohol, food. Um, if it's a female artist, hair, makeup. Uh, if it's an artist that may be a street artist, you're going to have to provide security. <laughs> security for the venue. You may have to rent out the venue. You, you're going to do multiple things. How are they going to get there? Uber. Uh, car service What are we going to do Who are we going to talk to Each person is probably going to cost Maybe $75 to $100 a plate Because we don't want to take out a McDonald's <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying This has got to be at something like Something nice If we're going all out We're going to go all out So yeah. this is all deducting in the budget If we Even if we have it at the studio We still want to provide a, a good ambiance of things And that's just one thing We need to do that in another market Right. Now, and think about this. It's urban, right? Urban music. Think about the black cities. You got Chicago. You got uh, Atlanta. You have uh, Washington, D.C. Um, those three main cities, you have to make sure you go there and you do the same thing. You're winning the hearts of the program director, the APD, the assistant program director, all the mix show people, all the radio personalities. That takes time, effort, and it requires a budget. Yeah. So it's not necessarily... Paying, you saying payola, right? It's not that, right? Well, it's legally, so legally, I can't speak on that because I, I actually work for a record label. I've, so legally, that. I'm not allowed to speak on that. Um, does that happen? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. Right. Um, but uh, corporate, I work for a corporate. I work for, work for a Fortune 500 company, so I'm not allowed to speak on that. I've had training on that. Like you get fired and go to jail on that. Just for speaking on a topic? Um, not for speaking on a topic, but for going into depth of how it works and okay. what people do and how it gets done. Um, me personally, and I can say this for real, for real, I've never participated in that. Got you. Receiving or distributing. So. It makes sense, though, because I know, I mean, even other corporations, there's, there's a lot of things. Nah, like, yeah. It's a, I mean, before I even uh, started my job, they put you in a sensitivity training about that. Yeah. Yeah, they don't play. I know that. Yeah, they don't play. <laughs> yeah, they don't play. <laughs> it does make sense though. I remember trying to interview somebody. About does it happen? Yes. Yeah. I can. Yeah. I, I can say that. Okay. Uh, does it happen with me or anybody around me? No. But the part that's clearly legal per se, though, more around what you described in terms of these listening sessions and things like that. That's promotion. Is a real cost, right? Correct. That's promotion, and it's more so which of course is why it's sales. I'm promoting. I'm Correct. trying to persuade people, like, because I'm. It does make a difference for me to not just have you in McDonald's versus having you in this nah, nice experience. Yeah, you it, want, it does, in, you know, yeah, influence you, you whether want you want to actually support the song, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You, you you want you want a proper presentation. You want to be impressed. Right. If you two guys, if three of you guys are coming to an event that I'm at, you're going to be impressed. We're not going to be at no rinky dink place that got fried chicken and French fries. <laughs> if it's there, it's going to be the best fried chicken and French fries you've <laughs> had ever yeah. in your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can be like, Fry, where? what is this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I curate events like that. That's the lifestyle part of me. 
Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay, if you're listening to this and you're looking to grow your music career, boost your streams and your fan base, me, J.R. McKee and Jacory are looking for 60 artists to meet with us in person so we can help them in this limited environment, this one-time opportunity personally to build your music career. So on August 12th in Atlanta, like Sean said, it's gonna be a super exclusive event. We're gonna be giving out information that we haven't really been able to share anywhere else. And we wanna make sure that you're one of those people that gets to walk away with this game. So if you wanna get your tickets, go to nolabelsnecessary.com or check the link in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Like I said, we're not doing 61, we're not doing 62, just a hard 60. And we wanna make sure that those 60 people are the best quality people that will actually Facts. use this game. So the hopefully we- The is literally at capacity at that number. <laughs> like no more than that. So <laughs> be one of those 60 if you're serious, come dap us up, make sure that we real. And yeah, we'll see you there. Nolabelsnecessary.com. Speaking a little bit more on the lifestyle, actually, um, uh, what does that look like in terms of getting artists in those clubs? Is it, uh, I guess a better way to say it is, like, how do you select clubs? Well, do you work with more than one genre of artists? Uh, not necessarily. I think my strength is hip hop. Okay. Uh, I've definitely worked with some R&B before, um, but I, I know I know my strengths. So I, I kind of stay in the hip hop lane, uh, okay. in, in particular pain and trap. Um, I kind of have a really good gauge of what I think is going to work in those particular fields. Um, the lifestyle part is this is all relationship based. So when you're a lifestyle guy, um, people lean on you to provide um, a service. And this, that service is access. So let's just say you guys were to hire me for something. Um, you're hiring me because I know everybody and I can put important people in the room for you um, and all you guys got to do is just show up gotcha. and I, I do I do those things by keeping my relationships well with these people uh, I do things where we um, do things together so I have a group chat with I'd say 20 of the most important DJs in Atlanta um, and we all talk about everything we talk about personal life business and that's my way of staying in tune with my brothers who currently do the same thing I do um, each person may some people in there are millionaires some people are a hundred thousandaires some people are hungry and starving and trying to figure it out but they're all equally important in that group chat um, mm. and we support each other so um, that's the lifestyle part of me and then you know I just know everybody man I've been on the radio for 10 years and um, I've interviewed damn near everybody as you can think of big small um, my main focus is the newer artists but I've interviewed pretty much everybody you could think of in the hip hop genre. You, know, you actually made me think of something. So you were early on interviewing people like the baby, yep. the little baby. Yep. And I saw a quote somewhere that the directors were sent, were mad that you brought them on so early or something like that. Yeah. So uh, again, radio. I think what I did different was uh, myself and Flag DC. I could never leave Flag DC out because he was my partner in crime. I don't follow rules, so um, let me just put that out there. If that's my job description, I'm probably not going to do anything within that job description. I'm going to push it. <laughs> I always believe I don't give 100%. I give 120%. That 20% is up. So um, if you want hot artists on the radio, I'm the guy to hire because I'm going to go find them. Um, at the particular time, this 2017, I can remember in April – Little baby, nobody even knew who he was. 
But I knew he was because I was. I'm always out in the streets. I'm always out in the clubs. If I'm not working, I'm going to the club and I'm like, "Yo, who is this? If I can't find it on my Shazam, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a weasel and figure out who they are, where they're from, because I love it. Um, so I just applied that on the radio, and I was myself and Flag DC um, just took a picture out of Greg Street's book. And was trying our best to break artists on the radio, which you can't really do that, right? Because when you think about radio, what do you think about radio? Radio is selling the songs that record labels are promoting. Mm, yeah. And if they're not signed, they shouldn't be on the air. <laughs> so the program director does exactly what they're supposed to do. They program music. So they're putting the songs in, songs that are trending, songs that they have an agreement with the label, like, yes, this song is good. I'm going to put it on my show. Uh, I'm going to put it on the radio. It's doing really good. It's trending everywhere. You know what? I like it. I'm going to play it three, four times a day. That's when you see these things happen. Me, I would take the songs out and play the new artists. Mm. So that's how I would start getting in trouble because <laughs> I did that with Lil Baby. I did that with The Baby. I did that with Megan Thee Stallion. We did that with Roddy Rich. We did that with uh, Jack Harlow. So I started doing it with all these artists that nobody even knew who they were at the time. And I started getting in trouble. I got suspended, no pay. And I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was scared. I was nervous. But at the end of the day, I took a chance on something. And very rare, pe rarely do people do that. You yeah. think about it even now. When's the last time you see somebody saying, you know what, I'm gonna get in trouble? Fly Guy DC, Ferrari Simmons, we would literally play a song on the radio 15 times in a row and deal with the repercussions. I remember one time my boss came in there, stormed in there, and told us to get off the radio. It was that bad. <laughs> and hilarious. when we walked outside, it was paperwork for us to sign that we got written up. Man. Shout out to Solo, man. That's my guy now. We, we cool now, you know what I'm saying? But at the time, we were giving him a bad time. We, we, was, we was getting on his nerves, man. And oh, I, bet. Yeah. I didn't care. But that that was made, that's a synopsis of the whole story of what I did. I just was like, man, I'm going to take all this music out that was programmed by my bosses and play Lil Baby over and over and over. But that's how Complex heard about it, called me, and I was like, yeah, he's fire. Lil Baby is fire. And that's how I got verified before everybody was paying nine ninety nine for it. This was back in <laughs> 2018, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, or 20, I can't remember when I got verified. But it was when the article came out. And um, I remember I posted it on my Instagram, um, and the next day I was verified. And I was like, oh, man, this is fire. So, yeah. yeah that, that's interesting, man, because I feel like radio tends to get a bad rep from, let's say, indie artists because, like, they want the attention. They want the discovery method from it. But like you're saying, like, we're literally, our hands are locked, you know what I'm saying, to a, in a degree we can't do that. So what's the compromise for the, the radio personnel that, care about helping new artists break? Like, how do you kind of manage, like, the hands being tied in one area but still wanting to help these new artists you see coming up? Uh, you 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 improvise. So uh, DC and I got suspended, and we were not allowed to interview anybody at the radio station for about six months. So I said, okay, no interviews. We can't break records on radio. Bet we're going to start doing content. This is before content was popular. This is... 2000, end of 2018. And I want to say maybe beginning of 19, Tusi, perfect example. We did a contest. We was like, hey, man, if you want to come up and do an on-camera interview, 
you know, we just altered what we did, right? Mm, Since we yeah. couldn't do it on air, I was like, okay, we'll just do it on camera. This is before content became, now everyone's doing content, right? Yeah. Look at you guys. We're doing content right here. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing this before, and it wasn't even mic'd in. We didn't even have no soundboard. It was just literally a camera, and you hear us talking from way over there. Whatever, whatever <laughs> microphone was on that camera, that's how we did it. Because we didn't know nothing. We was just like, all right, well, yeah. the artists just got to, if we do a video of them at the station, that's just as good. Yeah. So we was doing that. And it's on our YouTube page, Them Four Four Boys. We had an interview with Tusi, and it blew up. It blew up. So I think um, these days, radio personalities, should they get hip, um, you know, if you can't interview artists online on, on air or play their song on air, at least give them some content where they can come up to the station um, and do an on-camera interview, kind of like how you guys are interviewing me. Any personalities should be doing these type of things because guess what the radio station now has uh, a youtube page the radio station now has an instagram page a tiktok page and all these little bits of content can go on all these platforms so you don't have to just talk on air and guess what it can last longer because on air could just be regional so let's just say mm. this is just an atlanta thing because we're on the radio but you could say something crazy on the content piece and it goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, now you can have a million views versus, you know, five hundred thousand listens, and but it's currently it, you can have a million views with a hundred thousand shares. Yeah. And these are people that are all over the country, and I learned that from working with. Oh, see, I forgot. I work for Ball Alert. <laughs> see, <laughs> I work for Ball Alert because I do my podcast. I have two podcasts. I do the Cheat Code, and then I do uh, the Ball Alert podcast. So yeah. Um, I would just say content, man. Yeah, content is king right now. I don't think that's ever gonna leave. Now it's yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, not gonna yeah, go yeah, anywhere. It's required now. Now, like you're perfect to be on, on here because, like, that's everything you said was basically the no labels way of thinking. Like I'm gonna do whatever I do, go my path, regardless of what my current label is or what other people want to call right, me, right, right? right? And that makes me wonder. Your natural talents, you have some pretty clear natural talents, like right. ear for music, relationships. If you had, the knowing what you know today and the natural talents that you know you have, would you pursue a career in radio to start if you were young and coming up? Or would there be something else that you would tell the young you to do at in this era? And what would that look like? Um, Man, this is actually a blessing to say. I, I'm doing everything I've, I dreamed about doing. Um. I don't. I didn't dream that I would be working for a label, but as a kid, my mom and my mom could attest to this. I told my mom that I was going to be a radio personality. Um, I was in Florida, and I didn't get hired in Florida, um, so I moved to Atlanta. Um, and everything that I dreamed about, I accomplished it. Um, was it easy? Heck no. It might have been the hardest thing I ever had to deal with because I've had kids and baby mamas along the way, uh, failed relationships, failed situationships. Um, I failed a lot on my way to accomplishing these these super cool things. I feel like um, I've lost time with a lot of my older kids now because mm -hmm. when my kids, a lot of my older kids was younger, that I was outside. Mm -hmm. um, but my younger kids can benefit from it now because I'm a little bit more um, family-oriented. Well, I'm a lot more family-oriented now. But 
if anything, I would just say be a little bit more focused to my younger self uh, in my early age because I was just wilding. I was wilding when I was doing, I was hosting parties. And, you know, that kind of, you know, makes you feel like you're Superman a little bit when you're on the microphone yeah. at mm-hmm. the biggest party at a young age. And you tend to be a little bit um, irresponsible, not paying attention to um, your goals like that. So I would have been a lot more goal-oriented, would have uh, took care of my financials and took care of my credit a lot better. I didn't pay attention to my credit till I was like 30-something. I didn't pay attention to none of that. I didn't think about, I was I, I wasted so much money. Um, making. I was making so much money at a young age, I didn't think about, I should have had a condo, could have sold my condo and made so much money. Cause I, was, I remember in, in college, my rent, I was making money um, hosting parties and I lived in a super nice apartment. It was like fifteen hundred dollars a month. That was so. And this was like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Oh yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot in Atlanta a lot bands, but back yeah. then, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm over here like that. Oh, that was. Now I'm thinking about that's mortgage. Yeah. That was a mortgage. I could have had a nice condo or something somewhere, and I could have sold it. And I didn't think of none of that. But I'm first generation in my family going to college. I'm first generation. First generation of my family accomplishing my dreams. My parents didn't see that through. They worked a nine to five. That yeah. was success. Health benefits. That was success to them. They was like, I can't follow my dreams, but you can. So, um, shout out to my parents, my mom, and my dad. Um, I grew up in separated households, but um, the love was there. My dad worked hard. My mom was an entrepreneur. She cleaned houses. I used to go with her to clean houses. That was a motivational thing. Is my dad moved up in the corporate. And he was always, like, moving up. Every time I saw my dad, he had got a raise or a promotion. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. My mom, she was, and they were separated. So um, my mom, she was cleaning houses. So she never had a real job. My mom literally made it happen every month. She didn't even know how she was going to make it every month. So I would help her clean houses. Man. That's why I'm, like, more of a neat freak and stuff like that in my personal life because I would help my mom clean houses. But we would clean these big old houses. I'm from West Palm Beach. But I'm from West Palm Beach. I'm not from Palm Beach, where Donald Trump them from. <laughs> so we would literally go clean houses with a catwalk where you would walk from one side to the house to the other side of the house. And I was like, yo, I got to have something like this when I get older. This was the, the craziest thing ever to walk. It's like, I, I would call it a bridge. It's called a catwalk. It's a bridge from, to walk from one side of your house to the other. And you can literally see like your whole house. I just thought that that was the craziest thing ever because I grew up, you know, five people to a three-bedroom house. We sharing bedrooms, sharing bathrooms, you know. So, um, yeah, bro, I have a story for real. Like, I come from, I wouldn't say nothing. I would say lower middle class. Mm. So it's Christmases that, you know, hey, man, we ain't got it this year. You know what I'm saying? More on Christmas might be cool. But just cool though, like you know, you get one present, my boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know, you get one pair of shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta make them shoes last. That's why I have a room full of Jordans. Cause I was like, man, I'm gonna give me a room full of Jordans. Cause I would, I was like, I was taught to keep my shoes clean. Cause this is it. Like, you gonna get, you gonna get cracked on. You gonna get Joan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so, I would have to keep my shoes clean. I would have that dingy white T-shirt, but. I will make sure I wash it, use bleach every night or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, and make sure I have a nice little crease, crease in my pants and my shoes. They'll be old, but 
they'd be smooth, you know what I'm saying? And then my mom let me work. I started cutting grass. Then I started making some money. Yeah. It's a wrap from there. It was a wrap from there. And I started making some money. <laughs> you know, I tried selling weed. That wasn't good. <laughs> like, like the criminal lifestyle was not for me. That's for not you. that wasn't a, a path for mine. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm kinda glad that it, it wasn't. How'd you how'd you learn that it wasn't a path for you? Uh because you would have to like it was dangerous. Yeah. And I ain't wanna die, get robbed. I would literally see people die or get robbed and I was like, nah, I'm cool. And I would play sports, so it was like, you know, and then once I got to high school, I, I made varsity my freshman year of football. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm short and small, but I'm the fat. I'm one of the fastest people on, on, on the team. So I'm just like, you know what? Let me just let me just stick to sports, man. And let me cut some grass, make me a little twenty dollars per per lawn, <laughs> and then just save my money that way. You know. What was it like going through that? Then coming to Atlanta, basically starting from ground zero i'm assuming you didn't have many relationships or did you have relationships when you came to zero Atlanta? discouraging um one time for biddy barnes dj holiday um uh ray daniels um i was ray daniels intern he didn't even know it um <laughs> what's that mean yeah. meaning like i just uh i was i was hosting parties in college and throwing parties in college so i had graduated college um and when you run track if you're not running Olympic time, it's a wrap. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not going to get picked up. You know, when you're running track, because I, I I ran track, um, if Puma, Nike, or none of these folks ain't picking you up, it's over. So what do you do? You get a job. Yeah. Um, you be a coach or something like that. Um, but I just love music. Um, I moved to Atlanta because I couldn't get hired on the radio in Tampa. And I just felt the way. I was like, man, I'm really good. Um, because I went viral before the word viral was invented in college. I had my radio show. I had a, a young man say that this girl gave him an STD. And um, everyone was talking about it on campus. So the girl came on my show and said, nope, he gave it to me first. <laughs> and um, he went to the cafeteria and just, you know, it was very disrespectful to her. I'm not, I can't say what we in the church, man, so. Can't say what he said to her. She lied, said that he hit her. He got kicked off the football team. And this is at USF in Tampa. The president at the time was like, what is going on and who interviewed these people? And it was me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm over here like, yo, I can do this. Like, I can really do this. You know what I'm saying? So I tried to apply to the local radio station. I didn't get hired. And they all know who I was because I was hosting parties locally. Um, and I was young, man. I was 21. And um, I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then I, 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 I tried to sell, you know, tried to sell a little weed back then. And that didn't work. Um, then I moved to Orlando uh, for a year and uh, tried to do the same thing over there, tried to get on the radio. Didn't work. I said, man, I'm just going to move to Atlanta. I had came up to Atlanta and heard Greg Street on the radio. And I saw people that looked like me in Ferraris and nice cars. I was just like, I got to move up here. And I just said, I'm just going to move up here and introduce myself to everybody. I walked around and introduced myself to everybody, said I host parties. I was hosting parties for 75 bucks. Um, sometimes the promoters wouldn't even want to pay me, would leave. I would get frustrated. But I had a day job. Nobody, most people didn't know that. I had a day job. I was leasing apartments. so <laughs> I, And I got 30% off my rent. And then I also worked part-time at Finish Line. That's how I was able to get my shoes. So my, my Finish Line. I was at, but I was at the finish line at Alpharetta. 
so you couldn't see me. Yeah, way. So unless you, smart. So I would drive so far just to get my thirty percent off my disc. So I had thirty percent off my rent. So my rent. I was living in a nice area, Midtown, and I had a roommate. So he would pay. So my rent was like three hundred bucks, and I stayed in the city. And then guess what? I would work a finish line, and then I would uh, get the shoes thirty percent off. So now I'm getting all the Jordans when they come out. Now I'm making some money and I'm hosting parties. I'm not getting no sleep. This is 2009, 2010, 2011. I'm not getting no sleep because I wanted it. I would literally go get off work, go do the other job, and then go host a party. $75 now. And I would literally do that for like two years before um, a radio station even acknowledged me. Um, so now I'm like 27-ish. And um, Streets 945 is a brand new station because I'm trying to get on V, trying to get on Hot. Ain't nobody giving me nothing. At this particular time, social media ain't even heavy yet. It's just Twitter. Instagram is a thing, but not really. Yeah. Remember Instagram... It was just pictures of it was just pictures, yeah. Of like nice things. Like yeah. it was be a picture of these leaves on the wall. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like beautiful. You know, this pictures, is before yeah. it was video, before mm-hmm. it was anything. It was just pictures. So everyone was on Twitter. Yeah. And um and you really had to be somebody for real. So, you know, uh, and radio was big cuz that think about it. That was the only platform. You know what I'm saying? Still, yeah. Um and Atlanta only had two urban radio stations. Now Atlanta has four. Urban radio it's stations. Crazy, That's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And we're talking about cities that have one urban radio station with three, you know, rhythmic stations, which is the non-urban stations. Mm-hmm. You know, to hear the top forty, the rhythmic, the country, all that. They got stations for all different th- things. And urban gets the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. So usually it's just one. Atlanta has four. So you can imagine the competition level in that. But back then, you know, I just. Man, bro, I introduced my or both of y'all. I introduced myself to everybody, and it was discouraging. I almost quit a few times, and I almost moved back to Florida and just said, "I'm just gonna get a job, and be a dad." I left my daughter; she was one. I talked about this on my cheat code episode, and I cried on camera. It's on my page, and I talk about it. I was like, "Man, I felt bad because I left her. Me and her mom weren't together. I moved to Atlanta; she was one." I don't know nobody, nobody who have done, would have done that, but I would literally be driving back to Florida, broke, to visit her. My dad would literally meet me halfway with her. I made, like, the ultimate sacrifice. Like, yo, this is going to work. Plan B is not – plan B is to make sure plan A works. It goes off. Ain't no plan B. So to tell you, to answer that, I try, not, I try to be short-winded as much as possible, but there is no short-winded answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally um, just trusted the process. I prayed a lot. I definitely was depressed, and um, I, w- I wasn't eating. I was small as heck. Like, it, it was bad. My relationships were all rocky. I was like, you know, I was just a bad person, bro. Like, I was just moody, and you know what I'm saying? I wasn't a nice person. Like, I was just all over the place because I was cranky. And you think about... You know, you guys, you guys got a dope podcast. What we talking about, right? I'm pretty sure you, there's a barometer that you say their podcast is dope, but they ain't better than mine. Ours, we're dope too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? In your brain, sometimes like it can kick in where you be like, not on some hater stuff, but on some, 
man, when is it going to come? When is our opportunity going to happen? You know what I'm saying? And I was dealing with that every day because I was like, I'm going to move back home because I miss my kid. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't making no money. I'm tired. I'm sleeping on the air mattress with my homeboy's crib. Mm. Um, This is before um, I moved on, um, on location. So when I first moved to Atlanta, man, I was living with my friends and I was sleeping on in the in the living room, and I would literally be never home because I would always be at work or doing something. So yeah, it was discouraging, but you had to fight through it. That's why I'll, I'm like the perfect person to give per- people motivation because I know sometimes people give them motivation they ain't been through it for real. I've been through it, bro. Like I've been through it, and it's probably gonna my my version is probably gonna be worse than your version because some most people are kind of cool. Yeah. I wasn't Coasting. cool. Like no, I wasn't cool. Like and then I was on child support and I couldn't even pay it. So then they suspended. Like I had a, I had a lot going on. I had to go to court. They suspended my. Uh, they held my. What was it? Your passport. Couldn't leave oh, the country. Yeah. Not that I would. It was bad, bro. Yeah. Like I was bad. I was boy. I was messed up. You figure, but you had to do that to go to get where you are, right? Do you feel like? Do you feel like there could have been a better way? To still accomplish the same thing? You know, maybe. But at the time, you know, keep in mind, I'm in my 20s, and I'm just winging it, you know. And uh, that's why, for me, I try to mentor as much people as I want, like, as I can. Um, Shout out to Meek Ravish. Um, I wouldn't call uh, you Flagger DC my mentee. I would say he's like my brother, Um, BT, like, like my brother. But I would share my transgressions with these people just so they don't make the same mistakes I did. I was careless with um, my baby mamas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't paying attention. I I know I wasn't ready to be a father, but I was being careless. I love my kids, though. My kids are the biggest inspirations in my life. But I wasn't. I knew I wasn't ready. I, but I wasn't paying attention. So my conversation with people is, hey, bro, pay attention. It's not a mistake. It's a, alter, a alternate route. But if you can... Stay focused, and you can save as much money because kids are expensive. I know. Keep in mind, within eight <laughs> weeks, in eight weeks, I got to figure out what I'm going to do because in eight weeks, I had to go back to work. My baby mom had to go back to work. It's this thing called daycare. Yeah. It's $200 a week. Jeez. I'm over here like, how am I going to pay this? Mm-hmm. And it makes you want to do bad things or do illegal things to get money. But um, for me, I started hosting parties. I started getting back to it, and I started branding myself. Um, when you get time, hashtag Ferrari Simmons Tees. This is back. This is when my buzz is starting to grow, and I had all these little super pretty girls in, in T-shirts. <laughs> and um, people were like, dog, how are you getting these women in your T-shirt? But whatever to get the conversation going. And that was the, the first part of me being a lifestyle guy. Um, getting people to wear my hat, getting people to wear my T-shirts. So that's what I was gonna ask. How do you? How did you brand yourself? Um, I just looked at things I th- I thought that was cool. Um, look at you guys, what you're wearing. That's dope. Do your version of it. Your version of it can be dope too. And then, you don't have to sell it to strangers. Sell it to the people you know. I would literally walk up to my friends and say, "Hey, me tw- give me twenty dollars for this hat and wear it." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's how I paid my rent. Yeah, my rent was at the time my rent was like nine hundred. This particular moment, 
I'm living by myself. I'm skipping a couple of steps, but I'm living by myself. But I'm paying my rent every month by selling merchandise to my friends. I would literally say, okay, I need to sell 50 hats this week or this month. Bet. I know 50 people. I'm going to get 50 people to give me $25. Do the math. I'll do it for you right now. I'll do it for you right now. <laughs> 50 people times 25, 12, $1,250. Mm-hmm. That was my rent and my utilities. Swear. I would do that every month, bro. And I have friends that can vouch to say, Jabbar Cash. I would literally, a lot of my friends never got any of my merch for free. They paid me for it because I'd be like, hey, bro, this is how I need to pay my rent. Give me $25 for this hat. You have it. If you guys became my friends, I'm not wearing my hat right now. Hey, man, you got $20. Here. It's my hat. Wear it. Give me 20 bucks. <laughs> hey, bro. I, want, I remember my, my daughter made some uh, face mask. It was in COVID. Hey, I, everyone I knew. Hey, bro, give me $20. You got $20. You have $20. You have $20. You have $20, and you have $20. That's $60 for three face masks in here right now. My daughter would make $50, $60 out of YouTube. And then I'll put in another 20 That's 80 So you were teaching her the same thing. Yeah. But I, that's me because I'm over here like everyone, everything in here is money. Everything. Everything costs money and everything can make me money. How can I make money? And it wasn't going to come to me. And nobody was. I really thought people just didn't like me for a long time. I felt people was blocking me. I felt people w- w- wasn't rocking with me. But I realized I'm going to just do everything myself. I see Kenny Burns. One time for Kenny Burns, I would literally be around him. I think my privileges was I was a- allowed to be in the space of people who made a- who were successful off of their name. So that was the first thing I did. Kenny Burns always said his name, right? Okay, bet. I didn't like my name, Sean Simmons. That's cool. How can I make it more? Ugh. Ferrari Simmons. That's my favorite car. I don't own one yet. That sounded cool when I said it. Ferrari Simmons. I was just saying on my Cheat Code podcast, my first name was Lambo Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that don't hit the same. <laughs> it don't hit the same, though. Because... Uh, Ferrari Simmons, you can give me another nickname. You can call me Rari. Yeah. yeah. Boom. That's it. Ferrari Simmons I mean, is five be, syllables, but guess Bo. what? Rari. Bo. Bo is crazy. So you could have been Bo. Bo Simmons. Bo Simmons. Bo. That, that, I mean, listen, but if my, once I shout out my guy Waka Flocka, man, if Waka Flocka can brand that. Yeah. Because think about where you were at when you first heard that. You'd yes. be like, what is that? Waka, Waka, Waka Flocka? Yeah. He branded it, though. Anything can be branded, bro. If you put it in people's face enough, they're going to crack. You, you can tell me no all day. It's gonna, I'm going to put something in your face that you can be like, hmm, not bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I'm, tri- I'm the trial and error God. Like, I'm going to try something multiple times until I get it right. I love perfecting a formula. So, um, it, it was just a lot, man. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. Like, I really had a lot to figure out and once I figured it out that's when you you just go at that particular moment you just hit them you hit them every time and you don't stop you cannot stop 
And when you stop, you kill your momentum. I'm a momentum person. I quit radio in 2000, in November 2020, 22. And people was like, okay, where are you going to go next? Boom, hit them. I'm at a label. <laughs> Not only am I at a label, I'm an executive at a label. I ain't need you time to breathe. I ain't need you no time to breathe. So you always just got to think. I'm always thinking 10 steps ahead. Where does that come ahead. from, the no time to breathe? I don't want to fail. Uh, I'm addicted to not failing. Like, I, I smell it. Uh, and then I was telling Wendy Day, I'm a shark, bro. Uh, everyone has their spirit animals or, or animal you can relate to. But I'm not the shark that's going to look for you to, to bite you and, and hurt you. I'm the shark you want to leave alone, like the hammerhead. Like, a hammerhead shark is really unproblematic. You don't really see hammerhead sharks attacking people. But when provoked, he will bite the hell, heck out of you, <laughs> and it's going to hurt. So I, I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a shark. That's, my, that's, that's the animal to me that, that describes me. But I'm the one that's calm and relaxed, and I just got to stay on it. They're just, they're just always looking for something to eat. They're always moving around. You ever seen a shark move around? You'll never see a shark sit still, bro. You, always, you, all, you almost wonder, dang, when do they sleep? You ever seen a shark sleep? No. You almost have to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> when last time you saw a shark sleeping? I don't think they do. Yeah, never. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why. I, that's me. I'm a shark. I just. I'm not the one that's gonna stab you in the back. I'm the one that is aggressive, respectful, but aggressive but respectful. Um, and that's that's one thing. My grandma. One time for my grandma, and my mom. They had a lot of honor with them, and uh, my dad. Honor. My dad was. My dad is a really good guy. Uh, my dad might be the nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> like he's so nice. I don't know anybody that don't like my dad. I don't know anybody that does not like my dad. And I always said, okay, there's a couple people that may not like me, but it ain't my fault. It's their fault. I'm just being honest. Cause I, I'm gonna always be truthful to you. I'm never gonna do something behind your back that I ain't, I'm not gonna talk about you behind your back that I wouldn't say to your face. I'm not gonna play both sides, um, you know. So I just stand on those type of morals and principles. But it's hard. It's definitely hard because um, it's opportunities to for you to want to curse somebody out or want to spaz. But you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. And as you guys elevate as well. You're going to be like, man, Ferrari just talked about this. It's just high, higher the level, higher the you-know-what. Yeah. More money you make, the more problems, uh, more situations. I don't want to say, I don't want to call them problems. More challenges. More challenges. Yeah. It's a lot, bro. It's a lot. What do you think it takes to be successful, specifically in music? What makes, what's unique? In music, music? as an exec or... Anything in anything in music, or mm -hmm. what do you mean? Let's go with an exec first. Uh, you gotta have tough skin. Uh, it's a lot. Your phone rings all day, every day. People are using you, but you have to be content with that. But also use people back. But learn how to it benefits both people, right? Um, music execs are, I think. Uh, it could be positive or, or negative with a music exec. A good music exec knows how to use their relationships to benefit them and the person 
um, that's in that relationship. A bad exec will rob mm. you and smile on your face. Mm. Um, mm. And unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. Uh, but we are in an industry where people will smile on your face and, and rob you blind. They'll be, be like, hey, man, how you doing, bro? You good? About 20 and, grams. And <laughs> you literally will... They would literally sign. You would literally sign paperwork and be stuck in a contract with them for whatever it is. Yeah, mm. that's the that's the business that you're in, or that we're in, and you just gotta learn how to navigate through it. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I like the the point you said, right? Like, I know people are trying to use me, but let me figure out how to at least make this beneficial. I, I once heard a quote from someone that was like, "Everybody gets used, right? You don't want to yeah. get misused." You know what I'm saying? Nah, yeah, facts. We're all using each other for something. You yeah. guys have me here uh, for a reason, right? Um, I'm the king of, okay, let me do a favor for y'all. Y'all going to owe me a favor later, right? <laughs> but it's going to be beneficial, though. It ain't yeah, going to be none. Yeah. You know, I came here on y'all podcast. I may have a playback where I need some people's ear, mm. and I'm going to need y'all to pull up. I'm going to need all three of y'all to pull up because <laughs> I'm going to need your, your opinion yeah. because when I send my report back to the label, I'm going to say, oh, I had such and such in the building. Um, they got a super dope podcast, X, Y, Z. So um, we always want to use each other, but we want to use each other in the right way. And I'm, I'm king favor. I'll give you 10 favors because I'm going to know I'm going to need one big one later. <laughs> and I'm going to cash in on my favor. I don't know if you're going to cash in on yours. I'm going to cash in on mine. That's my camera. I'm cashing in on my favor. <laughs> I'm going to come collect one way or another on my favor. I'm gonna give you ten. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you ten good ones. Anybody ever not let you cash in and you feel a way about it? Yeah, all the time. It happens all the time, man. But you know, I have mentors for that. One time for Corey Sparks, Ron Stu, Kenny Burns. I hate naming naming names because I leave people out and they be like, "Ah, oh, bro, what the heck?" <laughs> but uh, I have a I have a collection of OGs. I speak to Ray Daniels. Um, Wendy Day, Kingpin, my wife. Uh, these are people, and I, I may I may name some more later. But these people I call when I get frustrated, um, and they they you know talk me off the cliff, not literally, just off of like, man, I don't want to spaz on these folks. You want to be, you want to smile and be like, okay, cool, because everything come back full circle always, and the timing you don't want to bother is his timing. His timing will make things come back full circle at the appropriate time, and you just sit back and be like, hmm. <laughs> you just hit him with the, what Kanye said? Gotcha. <laughs> like you just hit him with that. That's just how it go, man. You, you want, but you want to be solid on your end at all times, man. That, that keep your name solid. You're, you're, at the end of the day, in this industry, it's your name. Your name is your brand. Your brand is your name, and it's everything. And can you guys put 30 of the most influential people in one room. Can you do that? If you can, there's a value for you somewhere. Um, can you guys cons consistently put out dope content um, with big people on your podcast? If you can, there's some monetary value for you somewhere. Someone's going to find you. But if someone doesn't, you continuously stay consistent and stay at it. Look at the cheat code. Right, I don't know if you guys watch my podcast, Cheat Code, but we haven't made one dollar from it yet. 
We've been doing it for a year consistently. Uh, we just have faith in the process. We do other things to make money. But am I banking on cheat code to be my retirement plan? You're right about that. But, you know, it's going to happen at perfect timing. So, you know. Well, I want to ask you about the cheat code. But first, based on something you touched on, it made me want to made me think, right? You hear a lot of people come into the music industry talking about how fake it is and dealing with so many different types of people. What do you recommend for someone coming into it in terms of how to deal with, like, maybe the shock and the idea? The fakeness? The fakeness being used one way or another. How you navigate those waters? You got to deal with it or quit. Um, It don't get no more drier than that. And I can go on a tangent for with all the reasons where you have to deal with, but the main reason is, um, and it depends on what you're getting in there for. If you're getting in there, if you're an artist, a songwriter, um, or an exec, it's going to be moments where people need to use you for something. You have to be willing to say, okay, how can I make this benefit me? I would just say go in there with the openness of, of that. Um, people are going to use you because you have a skill set and if you're coming in there on something, you have a skill set that's tangible. You have to figure out how it benefits you, right? Um, that's the best thing I can say. Because if if not then you, then they're just gonna find somebody else. So you wanna be in here, you wanna be here or not. You wanna be here? Cool. You gotta eat the crow until you can become the boss and then you can teach a better way. Again, shout out to Corey Sparks, shout out to Ron Stu. They're teaching me something different. Because they were eating the crow with their previous people. Mm. Um, they were a lot more aggressively taught. With me, they're a little bit more, they're aggressive, but it's a little bit more, all right, man, listen, this is how you do it. And um, shout out to my PDs, one time for good PDs, uh, Louis V, Devin Steele, uh, Solo, I'm missing somebody, Reggie Rouse. Um, each PD at a radio station has a completely different style. One PD may say, oh, yeah, you can record from the house. You got all the equipment. One PD be like, you got to come in every day. I don't care what you got going on. I don't care if you got the same equipment that we got in the studio. I want to know that you're here, and I want to see you at work every day. You know, it's different styles. So you have to learn the style of your superior, um, learn how to adjust on the fly, uh, have a short... Um, a short memory. It's almost like playing cornerback. I don't know if you guys like football. Cornerback, the person who sticks the wide receiver. The wide receiver may catch a 55-yard bomb on your butt, and it's a touchdown. But you may be able to, to get the game-winning interception and win the game because you had a short, um, you yeah. know what I'm saying, yeah. memory, short-term memory on – um, I said I think I said short temper earlier. You had a short term memory on the mistake you made earlier. You have to put that and itemize it and learn how to not repeat yourself, repeat your mistakes as much as possible. So limit the mistakes. Um, have a short term memory um, and build on your strengths. Um, ma uh, maximize your strengths and focus on your weaknesses. If I can give anybody advice. Focus on the weaknesses and make them your strengths. So this way you can just be a monster because that's who survives, the monsters and the sharks. 
Because you're going into a pool of, uh, and it's going to be, you're going to be food or you're going to be the person eating. Like you're either going to be food or the other side. Which side are you going to be on? Because people quit every day. Let's put it this way. People will quit. And it's okay. Just do something else. Maybe you're destined to be a lawyer, a doctor, something. Go do that. Mm. But you coming over here. This is how I go. This is how I go, man. It's cutthroat, man. They don't care. They don't care about you, man. What made you start the Cheat Code podcast? It was simple. It was a conversation. Me and Wendy were uh, uh, light flex. Slick Rick had some sneakers for me. And I met Wendy Day to get them. And we we just started talking like how me and you guys are talking. And I said, yo, this is a podcast. And then um, she was looking at me like, what? Whatever. And then I drove home and I had an artist call me and was like, yeah, man, I'm ready to work for you, for, work for you, with you, Ferrari. I got 100,000 uh, streams on Spotify. All right. So I said, so what's your album music looking like? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I said, I need, well, okay. So I called Kingpin. Kingpin is a, a weasel extraordinaire. He can look <laughs> at your numbers and everything. And I said, man, I had this artist call me. And I wasn't too I wasn't too fond of how he was talking to me about his numbers. Do a little deep dive for me. He said, Ferrari. Where is he? Where is he from? He's from such and such. <laughs> <laughs> and um he's getting a lot of streams from Italy. He's getting a lot of streams from India. So King Pitt says comically on the phone. Unless he's doing promo runs in Italy and uh, in India and in Indonesia, <laughs> these these streams are bought, my boy. I said, "Oh, this is a podcast. This is a podcast." I said, "I got to put him and Wendy in the same room. This would be great." And so I had an idea, and um, I presented it to both of them, and they was like, "All right, that's why episode. If you go all the way to episode one." The first episode is 45 minutes. Um, it's so long because we didn't know what we was doing. Mm. We was like, let's just talk. And that's what we did. We just talked. Mm. We didn't plan it out. Uh, we didn't have no structure. And that's why episode one to this day is still the best episode. That's why I be trying to tell them, like, yo, we should just talk. If we just talk, it's easier. Because I started doing topics and we started making it kind of showy. Mm -hmm. But if we just make it a conversation, it kind of flows a better and, like, Today's episode is funny because we had an argument amongst each other. So I think those episodes are a little bit more organic. So, um, yeah, man, that's how that's literally how it went. It was just a conversation that I was like, people need to hear this. People need to hear. It. And then think about it. There's nothing really educational out. Like artists, if you're in a jam or if you don't know what's going on and you need to learn how this works, come here. What, pod, what other podcast is it? We have other podcasts where people are saying, don't do this, don't do that. That's cool. But what other podcasts are educating you on the process? Saying, hey, this is not exactly how you do it, but this is why we do it. This is how we did it. Here's some tips. You know what I'm saying? It's all, so, it's all don't do this, don't do that. This person got robbed. That person got robbed with their money. Da, 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 da. This is an industry that's like this. This is an industry like that. But where? What are, what are the steps that you need to take? How How is it? Like, how do you get a manager? What's publishing deal? 
What is a uh, what? How does a songwriter get song placements? How does a DJ brand themselves? Like these are things that are on there that you can literally scroll through the the topic line and say, oh, I want to watch this episode. So it literally became a conversation that I just did, and then we was, we was like, all right, let's get a camera person, let's get the um, uh, the soundboard uh, the, with the microphones, let's get the microphones like this, let's put it together. That's it. Dope, dope. Yeah, I mean, Shakori and I talk about um, that at length. Where, like, obviously, we we do educational content for artists as well, but a lot of people we f- we feel like are just like yelling at artists for right. one, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are, like you said, it's focused on the just the don't do right. Um, and one, a lot of times that performs well, so I can get why they why they do it. Or whatever no, it does, it definitely well. does. Or like artists are are stupid, da da da. Like there's like a lot of things like that, and it's always good to provide context. But I, and I feel like you need what I like about the podcast format is you can give context. Mm-hmm. Right. With that said, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of artists still want it in that bite size, and you can give short answers. Right. But the thing that a the best is not listening to a cheat code clip. The best thing is to listen to the podcast because you get the context of how they were thinking. And I feel like the thinking is more important than that one tip. Right. Of course. So, but I, I, one, I, I appreciate like there being like a more, uh, a richer, landscape of people giving out like dope advice me and like wendy i, I love her for, for just just for a long time wendy's She's, a, a walking encyclopedia yeah a walking human being of information right <laughs> like for sure yeah. like for real for real so like if, that was how i first found out about um the podcast and then getting to to um watch you guys is extremely valuable is it um is it something that you feel like isn't yet being appreciated about it? Uh, I don't know. I just I just know that I would say the masses, to the masses, I don't think it's appreciated as it should be, but I don't do it for that. I do it for the love of spreading information. And I don't want people to waste time like I did. Like I was saying earlier in the podcast, like I wasted a lot of time just not really paying attention or not really... Um, being knowledgeable, trying to seek knowledge. But if I felt like if there were things like this out there, maybe I wouldn't I would wouldn't have wasted as much time. I felt like I wasted like five years of just kind of just floating around. Mm. Sometimes I guess us as men, we do that in our twenties. But uh I'm just so goal oriented. I wish I would have known a lot of the information I I know now sooner. I would have made a lot better, a lot more better choices, which is why I share my personal life because most people don't do that, right? I don't care to tell you. I I had two very bad failed relationships that I had no business being in. You know what I'm saying? I was lying, cheating, all type of stuff. I say that because it's somebody right now going through that that may not. I don't want them to make the same mistake, and I don't want to say mistake. I don't, I don't want you to make the same choice that I made or go down this way that I went and it wastes 
a lot of your time because now you have to play catch up. Um, because being a being a parent at a young age, at a, in your twenties, and you're not really setting your goals yet, it weighs on you, man. Because um, I, I remember time, my time holding my kids, and my daughter just turned 15 not too long ago. I remember not seeing her until she was like, for I didn't see her for real, for real, uh, often until she was like five. I saw her every other month. That ate me up. So I think if I knew information that I know now, coming back to your question, um, I think it would have just saved me so much time because I would have realized, I was like, oh, okay. So I do it for people like whoever wants to hear the information. Um, but we do have a good core fan base. Like we have, we're almost at ten thousand subscribers on YouTube. But we have ten thousand, we have almost ten thousand real subscribers. Like mm-hmm. these folks is tapped in for real, and they're very appreciative. And I see people all across the country. I was just in LA for BET Awards, and people looked at me and was like, "Man, Cheat Code, I love that show." And it's just random. Airport, Cheat Code, I love that show. <laughs> That's more than anything else that I do. And I do some big stuff. And the cheat code is something that people really appreciate. So I, I, I would say 50-50. I think 50, uh, like, my peers maybe don't appreciate it. But more so, I think the people who support it, they appreciate it. So, I mean, I, I don't really know, honestly. I just try to provide as much um, positivity as possible. And that's something that I can, it's like my give back. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to have some type of give back. Even y'all too. Y'all gotta have some type of give back. I'm very charitable. This is like a charitable podcast that can provide information, and people are always lacking information. The reason you guys um, may not be the biggest podcast in the country is because people probably just don't know that you guys are doing this. That's just they don't have the information on your podcast. Mm-hmm. But what if they what if they had the information on your podcast? And they went through it and did a deep dive. Oh, man, these guys are fire. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is fire. Check. Boom. I've been here an hour, and this is one of my favorite podcasts already. Oh, so now that, I'm going to subscribe <laughs> and tune in, just based off of our conversation. Because yeah. we can have a real conversation. Man, this is cool. Mm-hmm. So now I want to go back and listen to all your other podcasts. So you already won me over, and you're interviewing me. Appreciate that. They got me. Other people, you went over by just having real in-depth conversation, man. If people can go on uh, and listen, I'll be ah man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I can't remember his podcast, but the real estate guy, man, it's a real estate guy. He teaches you how to flip houses, but it's multiple versions of them, right? I got this one. This is one particular guy. Oh man, I'm failing me. I'm failing myself by not saying his name. He's just talking. It's just information. Spread information, man. How are you going to spread information? That's my thing. How are you going to spread it? I love that, man. I love that. Well, with that being said, man, appreciate your time. Nah, man, right, like, yeah. treat, cool. Appreciate your transparency and just being willing to share. So, of course, everybody, as y'all know, go check our guests out. We really try to bring people who have value. And uh, If you haven't tuned into the Cheat Code, you gotta, you gotta check out a Chico. We had Wendy on here already. Now we got. Ferrari. I'm finna listen to her episode on my way when I leave. Oh yeah, right, that was a you good know, episode. You already know everything. Yeah. Is, Wendy yeah. says is dope. Yeah, but so you know, sometimes you can catch her and she can say something different that I yeah. was like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so every yeah. time. 
every time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but with that being said, folks, I'm Brandman Sean. And I'm Corey. And we out. Peace.